Today I have Jesse back in the studio to discuss The Stranger Diaries by Ellie Griffiths. Hello and welcome to Talk Bookish to Me, the podcast where readers gather to talk about books, share recommendations, and chase that five-star feeling. I'm your host Gwen and today I'm joined by Jesse to really dig in and chat about this gothic dark academia murder mystery. Welcome back, Jesse. I feel like it's been so long, like what, two weeks? <laughs> um, but hello everyone, my name is Jessie and I have a YouTube channel called Reading with Jess where I share reading vlogs, TBRs, book hauls, things of that nature. I also have a thriller book club called Sleep When I'm Dead and you can also find me on Instagram at Reading with Jess underscore. Also, we just had the first Sleep When I'm Dead readathon. That was so much fun. It's the second year yes. of you having your mm -hmm. book club. It was super low mm -hmm. key. Which is what I was aiming for. Okay, good. Are you planning to bring uh, it back next year? It's it's crossed my mind. Um, but I kind of feel like I feel like I should always make it like bigger and better every year, but like this is a low key readathon and I wanna keep it low key. So I just need to like not trying to make it better. <laughs> I know, I feel like when you're on social media you tend to wanna mm -hmm. one up yourself, but I figure like, this is right before the craziness yes. of October. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm glad it was low-key. Because you could basically, like, we read a lot of thrillers yeah. anyway. So I feel like you could pick up any thriller and make exactly. it work. And know? that's what I was trying to, like, go for. And then you suggested as a reading prompt to read my past book club picks, which is awesome. And I feel like so many people picked up my book club picks from the past two years. So great suggestion. Kudos to you. Yeah, I loved that prompt personally <laughs> because I failed the first year of your book club in a major oh way. But this year... I am you eight are, for eight. You're on track. So very proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, before we jump into the book discussion, I want to once again share information about Patreon because it brings me so much joy and I want all of you to be a part of it. For just $5 a month, you can join the Night Owls, which is a group of readers and listeners who support me and the podcast in exchange for bonus content you can't get anywhere else. Yes, I have a YouTube channel. Yes, I I have this podcast, but I do totally different stuff over on Patreon, but it's very much like my YouTube content. It's very much like my podcast content. So if you like the podcast, if you like my YouTube channel, you definitely need to check out Patreon. You can grab some popcorn and join us for movie night or blast Taylor Swift during our release parties. Um, enjoy seasonal book release newsletters, book recommendations. I have a community chat with Discord. We do craft nights. We recently did some diamond painting. Um, we've done all kinds of different craft nights um, and I hope to do more in the future. Um, there's just so much going on over there and I feel like there's something for everyone. And if you follow me on Instagram, I've been shouting out some of my night owls and they've been talking about their favorite part. And one of the things that has really stuck out from the community that they've like shared with me is that you can participate as much or as little as you want, but there's always something going on. And I love that because that's exactly what I want it to be. Everyone says how like awesome the community is and I hope you consider checking it out. It allows me to replace equipment when it breaks down. I recently had to replace my mic and my headphones and I was able, able to easily do that and just stay recording, stay on track. Um, and I would not have been able to do that without the support of my patrons. Um, so 
I really hope that, you know, you consider clicking the link and checking out what I offer. Like I said, no pressure to participate. You can do as much or as little as you like, knowing that I will always be there bringing fresh, new, fun content for you to enjoy. The link to check it out is in the show notes like always. And again, I would love to have you join. Now that I have done my little self promo bit, because I really do love Patreon so much. And my patrons mean so much to me. So I know I talk about it every single episode, but I'm going to do it until all of the cool kids are over there. I love the group that you've put together. I love all the activities. So it's so much fun. I always have a blast and it's never the same. It's always different, but the people stay amazing over there. I know. I feel like I'm so lucky. I literally have the nicest people, you guys. But now we can start chatting about the book. Let's start with a brief synopsis. The Stranger Diaries is a novel steeped into a gothic tradition. The book's protagonist, Claire Cassidy, a single mother and high school English teacher whose life is thrown into turmoil while her colleague and friend Ella is stabbed to death. There is so much more to the story, of course, but we'll try to cover as much as possible as we dig into our thoughts. So I have never read anything by this author before, so I really was interested in all of the information that I found about her. Ellie Griffiths is, the author is a pen name for Dominica de Rosa, a British crime novelist. She was born in London in 1963 and her family moved to Brighton when she was five. She went to a local state school and wrote her first book when she was 11. It was a murder mystery set in Roddington near the village where she still lives. She did all the right things to become a writer. She read English at King's College London and after graduating worked in a library for a magazine and then as a publicist assistant at HarperCollins. She enjoyed working in publishing and eventually became editorial director for children's books at HarperCollins. And all this completely put off her writing. And it wasn't until she was on maternity leave in 1998 that she wrote what would become her first published novel, The Italian Quarter. Later, while vacationing in Norfolk, her husband said something that sparked the idea for the Ruth Galloway series, and her agent suggested that she come up with a pen name for her crime novels, and that's how she became Ellie Griffiths. And for the book, The Stranger Diaries, it was originally believed that it was going to be a standalone, but it later turned into the Harbinger Car series and currently has two additional books following the one that we will be discussing today. Book two is The Postscript Murders and book three is Bleeding Heart Yard in case anybody is interested in that. So I said that I have not read anything by this author before. Have you and will you read any of her future releases based on your experience with this book, The Stranger Diaries? So this was actually my first book by the author. And as far as reading more books by her, I'm interested to see what else she's written or, you know, check out the rest of the book in the series because I did find out that this was part of a series while I was reading it. So I'm interested to see like what her synopsises are. Um, but they would really have to like grab my attention. So I'm not rushing out to do so, but I'm not so much against it. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not opposed to reading more by the author, but the premise would have to intrigue me like this book did. Um, I looked up the other books in the series, obviously, and the second book sounds like something I would not enjoy. <laughs> and but the third book actually follows a reunion 
And I know you also like reunions. But then I'm like, should we skip the second book? Like, is this a series that you can skip around? So I feel like I need to do more research. So I'm slightly interested in that one, but I'm not rushing to add it to my TBR. And also the second cover has, the second book cover has the same color scheme, but the third book cover is not that cute. So I don't know what I'm, and it doesn't match the vibes. So I don't know what's going on with that. Are you judging a book by its cover? Yes, we judge books by their cover over here. <laughs> um, who would you recommend this book to? And are there any other books you can compare it to? So I would recommend this book to anyone who likes dark academia books, um, murder mysteries, and even those who like books within books. Um, I would say The Broken Girls by Simone St. James because of the huge like gap in time. Um, like for this one, it was set like the book within a book was like set in like 1902 versus present day for The Stranger Diaries. And then for uh, The Broken Girls, it's set in like the 1940s, 1950s to 2014. Um, this one just doesn't have that paranormal element like Simone St. James is well known for. Um, this also kind of reminded me if we were liars by ML Rhea, which I know is one of your favorites, Gwen, um, because of the author being like the author of the stranger in the stranger diaries being so well loved and having a, a pretty well known following. Um, it also has a murder mystery as well. So those are my yeah. recommendations. Yeah. Also, I love that both of those are in our Dark Academia recommendations from last week. Yep. Um, so many people have been picking up Dark Academia and I'm like, do you need more recommendations? Did you listen to that episode? Um, so like I agree with what you said, murder mystery readers who like gothic influence, Dark Academia vibes. In the paperback edition of the book that I read, they shared some recommended reading, which I assume means if you enjoyed this book, then you might like these others. So it had Magpie Murders by Anthony Horowitz, The Lake House by Kate Morton, The Woman in White by Wilkie Collins, The Thirteenth Tale by Diane Setterfield, Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte, The Lost History of Dreams by Chris Walder, along with a couple of others, I believe. But if you're looking for recommendations, I love that they did that. Do you see that in the back in the little guide part? So I thought that that was pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't, I actually read this on my Kindle, so I didn't really get to see too much of the physical book. So I'm actually looking at that right now. So I feel like that's really, really cool. And it's got photos and everything. Yeah. So, so mentioning you read it on your Kindle, let's talk about the font real quick. You were oh. saying that the font, like the writing is, it's very small. Yes. Very and it small. doesn't, I don't know if it's like a different font that I'm used to but it does go back and forth between like italics font and then like a regular font or whatever normal mm -hmm. font but it's very small and I was not a fan of that I hybrid read this I listened to it on audio and read along in the physical copy but oof, there are so many words on these pages yeah I don't know if like what it was but like you said it's really small lots of word on words on the page and like with the, I guess with the chapters for the stranger which is the book within the book it was in that italicized font and I just was not a fan so I found it at the library on my kindle and I can make the font look however I want I love that <laughs> shout out to all the kindle readers out yes. there <laughs> Um, okay, so now let's get into the characters. What did you think about the amount of characters? Were there any that you liked or disliked? And did you have any theories of who done it? Because this is a murder mystery book. Oh, yeah. 
So there were so many characters and honestly didn't know if any of the smaller characters were important enough to keep tabs on and I know Gwen read this book about a week or so before I did and mentioned this amount. Um, she even showed me like from afar the amount of characters she takes on her character <coughs> list. Um, but um, she told me mostly to focus on Claire Harbender and Georgia or Georgie. Um, so thank you, Gwen, because I felt like this was um, the small amount of information that really helped me get along or get through this book as much as I could. Um, as for characters, I found them all to be very similar between those three main characters. Um, I did enjoy Harpenter's point of view more, but not like tremendously more. I liked hers more because I would find out information from Claire and then Harpenter's point of view, I would not only see it from a different lens, but from the lens of a detective. So yeah, that makes sense. And <laughs> like you said, there were a lot of characters, but mm -hmm. I'm like Harriet the Spy. <laughs> when I read books for the podcast, I never know which direction a book is going to take. And knowing that I'm going to be fully discussing it publicly, I literally keep notes of every single character ever mentioned in the book. If they walk down a hallway and are given a name, I write it down. If they work at the gas station where the main character gets her gas, I write it down. If they are given a name at all, <laughs> I write it down. However, I do think that the main characters are Claire, Hubbender, and Georgia. And I think my favorite character was Claire. And actually my least favorite was Harbinger, but she did grow on me as the story progressed. Um, as for the whodunit, I didn't really have it figured out at all. Um, I didn't have any theories either. I kind of have tried not to theorize and stuff like that. Um, and just in case you're curious, I think I counted 80 plus 80, eight zero plus names on my character list. That being said, it was really easy to keep everyone straight without keeping notes. So I didn't have to refer to my notes very often. I, like I said, I'm just Harriet the Spy over here, just in case, writing people down. But there were like groups of people. Like these are the teachers at the school. These are the people from the book within a book. These are the kids that go to the school. These are like, you know, it was like groups of people. These are the police. So you didn't really, it wasn't like they were just kind of all stragglers, you know, they all, it was like grouping people together. So what did you think about the setting? Did you think it was well written? Was it atmospheric? And could you picture it? Yes, um, I really enjoyed the setting. I feel like I could imagine myself touring around the school and like the school grounds. And um, I felt like it gave the perfect aesthetic for dark academia. Um, I wish I could be like one of those fancy like TikTokers who do like the aesthetic reels, but <laughs> I'm just not that advanced because uh, I would totally do one for this book. I love how the school where there was that infamous author um, and they it had other elements like a graveyard and like the woods. It was such a vibe. So yeah, the setting was probably my favorite. Yeah, the setting was definitely my favorite part of the book. I could picture everything so easily because the story was descriptive, but not overboard in my opinion. And I loved like the moodiness of it. Like it felt gothic. It felt dark academia. Um, I think this would make a good made for TV movie or show. And since it's a series, like I said, I don't know like exactly where the series goes. It seems from reading the other synopsis that it follows like different 
cases and stuff like that. So it doesn't have Claire in it. It doesn't have, you know, it's just Harbender doing different cases. But I feel like they could make this into a show and it would be a vibe. Um, but I especially loved the setting of Claire's home and then, of course, the school. How are you feeling about the story initially? Like the first couple of chapters, how are you feeling about it? Um, so I kind of messed up just a little bit because I read the synopsis of the book before reading it. Um, in the synopsis, it says that um, after the events of a murder, Claire finds someone has written in her diary. So I sort of went into it like looking for that. And I feel like it kind of took a while for that to actually happen or be revealed. So that was kind of my bad. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I was, I feel like I was kind of on, on my toes with like the story and getting to know all the characters and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, no like negative thoughts. I was just kind of spoiled for what was to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, initially, I guess my brain ignored that I was reading part one from Claire's perspective. I, you know, went in, I started reading it and I immediately identified her as like the main character, you know, so I'm not gonna lie. I was a bit thrown off when it switched perspective. Um, I was like, what? I missed that. <laughs> like I clearly missed that. So other than that, I just loved the atmosphere and the moodiness, like I mentioned before. So the writing was nice and I was overall enjoying myself. Um, okay, we're going to jump into the pacing and the plot now, but before we do that, I thought I could do a quick recap slash breakdown of the major plot points of the story. So in case you're just looking for that, like quick guide of like what happened in this book, I'm about to spoil everything. So the story starts with Claire finding out that Ella was murdered and Claire was a close friend of Ella's. She was also a colleague of hers at work. So the news was obviously devastating. They used to meet weekly for like some show that they watched and stuff like that. So they were really close, like in work and outside of work. Uh, from there, an investigation begins and Claire is questioned because she and Ella were close. And then later it was revealed that the killer left a note by the body and the police believed that Claire could have been responsible because of what the note said. Which I was like... Really, that was kind of a stretch, to be honest. Um, and then the mysterious note is discovered in Claire's diary, and it matches the note that was left at the crime scene. Not the words, but the writing, I guess I should say. Um, but then meanwhile, while the investigation of Ella continues, we find out that certain teachers were having affairs, and students are misbehaving, and other drama like that, of course. In George's POV, we learn that she was secretly attending this writing group. And so I was kind of like, okay, that's strange. Um, there were other red herrings that were thrown out like about Patrick and the Valentines that he gave Ella and then how he later went to her house to clear the air about it. And, um, Claire continues to get these scribbled notes in her diary and then the police end up taking all of her diaries into evidence. And then later, Claire and Hamilton find Rick dead in R.M. Holland's study on campus. And that's when you text me, you're like, oh, Rick's dead. <laughs> I loved that. And then later on, Simon, who is Claire's ex, is attacked, which I thought was random. After more threatening notes are found in Claire's diary, um, she and Ella finally head to Scotland for safety. 
And that's when the whodunit is finally revealed. Everything else was just vibes. Yeah, just vibes. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> um, okay, so I need to know what you thought about the inclusion of both Claire's diary entries and the story of The Stranger by R.M. Holland. Interwoven into the narration, we see Claire's diary entries. That was another thing that was included. And what insights do they offer about her character? Um, I typically enjoy books within books. Um, I feel like that's kind of like a love it or hate it for most people but I am on the love it side um I feel like it didn't really add anything to the story though besides vibes like we mentioned earlier I did enjoy Claire's diary entries because one they're very important because that's where Claire finds out that her diary isn't safe and for two I feel like that's where we get more of a backstory like the affairs and like other things that are happening um especially when it comes to you know relationships between everyone else that we're about to be introduced so I liked it. Um, I just wish the story from R.M. Holland just mm -hmm. played a little bit more than just vibes. Yes. It's really hard to hook me with diary entries or books within a book, or in this case, the story within the book, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it honestly all comes down to how important those portions are to the overall story. Claire's diary, I agree, important. The story of The Stranger by R.M. Holland, not important. Um, so that's kind of how I felt. I enjoyed the diary entries, but not so much the story. And I really think having the entire story at the end, when we read the same thing throughout the story or the book, was overkill. Yep. It just should have been the end of the story, if anything. Like what we hadn't read so far of the story. It's so hard because like book, story, book within a book. <laughs> but basically, yeah, I, did, it, I didn't get, I thought it was going to like relate some way or like parallel the story. That's what or, I was hoping for. But like, I just always, there was another book that we read that we were like, that story wasn't oh, important. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember what it was. I have to look it up now. <laughs> It's so funny because I remember I was literally in the grocery store parking lot talking to you about that. And I was like, yeah. it's not important. But I don't remember what book it was. Oh, my God. What was it? Was it a book club pick? <laughs> We're going to have to leave them hanging. Oh, my gosh. I'm so upset because I don't know what it is. It was this year, right? Yeah. It was like in the last oh, couple of Was it The Villa by Rachel Hawkins? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was the villa by Rachel Hawkins. Jessie looked it up and found it. She's like, is it this? Yes. Uh, because I don't mind it, but I feel like there's so many times where I will read a book that has a book within the book and mm -hmm. I don't like it because it doesn't mean anything. Right. Exactly. It, if you're not going to like parallel the story or like it, the story doesn't reveal something. Mm hmm. Or something like that. Like, I just don't understand the point. It's like, what's so. the point? Are you just filling in space? Right. <laughs> this could have been a short story you're saying, basically. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> um, I'm also curious if you had a preferred POV. If you think multiple POVs were necessary. And how did having three points of view contribute to the story? Was Claire a reliable narrator? And how did Harbender's feelings about Claire affect the investigation? And how does it serve the story to incorporate Georgia's young perspective into the narration? A lot of questions. 
lots of questions, but I have lots of answers for you. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think Harpenter's point of view was my favorite, especially with us finding information from Claire and then going to the detective who has their own information and theories. Loved that. Um, I will say I wasn't too interested in Harpenter's personal life outside the investigation. Um, but I think it may be more important if you decide to continue the series. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia's point of view, I didn't hate, but I also didn't really care for. Um, I felt like her point of view was a little unnecessary, but I also feel like we got to know more. So it's a take it or leave it for me. Um, I also want to say I feel like I felt two different ways with Claire, de depending on which point of view I was reading from. Um, like if I was reading from Claire's point of view, I generally liked her, but then from Harbender's point of view, I sort of not liked her. So I guess I answered the question. I feel like Harbender's feelings towards Claire's affected the investigation. Um, I did feel like Claire was a little unreliable from time to time. So hope I answered all of them. <laughs> yeah, I do think that it depended. And I think they did that on purpose with Claire and Harbender. Like, it's like when you were in Claire's, like, you were like, okay, I believe everything she's saying. But then Harbender would come in and be like, oh, she's hiding something. Yep, yep. <laughs> Um, because the story started with Claire, though, I ended up liking her POV the best. I like, I literally thought she was the only character. I also think she had her feet in both worlds, like that of the school and what was happening with the investigation. So that drew me to her character. Um, and I also agree with what you said about Harbinger. Like, I didn't really like the personal stuff, but that also makes sense knowing that it's a series, but Knowing that it was originally slated as a standalone, it doesn't make that much sense. I don't think multiple POVs were necessary and it sometimes made the story slow down because we were get getting like some of the same bits of information from the viewpoint of a different character. I never doubted Claire. Um, maybe because I latched onto her as the main character. Maybe because we got to read her diary entries. Whatever the case may be, I never considered her unreliable. Now, Harbinger did think that Claire was unreliable and hiding something. And obviously, whenever the police zero in on a suspect, it can take their focus away from other evidence and clues, both in real life and in books. So that definitely impeded the investigation. Not going to lie, Georgia annoyed the crap out of me. <laughs> um, she came off as a spoiled, entitled brat. Why was her POV incorporated? simply for the whodunit aspect of the story. Yep. It would have made no sense to have the killer in the story otherwise, or at least their access to the things that they needed, like access to Claire's diary, for example. So yeah, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> um, so, okay, this was kind of a tricky question. Um, some of these questions actually come from the back of the book. I love when books have a discussion guide in the back. That's why they may seem a little bit different than my normal book discussions. Um, and this one did come from the back of the book. Um, what does Claire teach about the role of animals in literature? What role does her dog play in The Stranger Diaries? So I'm very much an animal lover, especially for dogs. Um, I have a very special bond with my three. Um, I love that Claire named her dog in reference to the character in, of in The Stranger, which you read about in the first little bit. Um, I feel like this really showed a softer side of Claire because I couldn't trust her most of the time because I personally felt like she was unreliable, but I guess her 
dog relationship made it a little bit more reliable. That was confusing to me at first too, because it said the dog's name was like Herbert, right? And I thought it was a person. And yep. then it was like companion. And then she had the dog named Herbert. And I was like, wait, what? what's happening? <laughs> and then I, it clicked. I was like, oh, okay. She named her dog after the dog yep. in this story. Um, so this was introduced early on in the story. And it honestly was in my head, in the back of my mind, the entire time I was reading. Read about people dying, I'm okay with it. Read about a pet dying and I turn into a blubbering mess. So I was worried that this would come into play somewhere in the story and I wasn't wrong. Um, On page five, Claire is addressing her creative writing group and she says, quote, animals are expendable. Authors often kill them to create tension. It's not as significant as killing a human, but it can be surprisingly upsetting. And I'm like, you think? (laughs) So um, that was the quote from page five. Um, And then Claire's dog, Herbert, is named after the dog and the stranger. Um, And I think anytime someone names their pet after a book character, that shows the importance of that story to the person. In Claire's case, she was a huge animal lover and Herbert was her constant companion. She even talked about like taking it to doggy daycare and like picking it up and like taking it on walks and stuff like that. She even wrote about it in her diary. Um, And that kind of sort of ended up saving that little dog's life actually writing about him in the diary. Um, But yeah, Jesse and I are both huge animal lovers. Jesse went the extra mile and got her dog's paw tattooed on her. So She's a huge animal lover. I am. Stuck with me for life now. (laughs) Um, And then another lesson that I thought was kind of cool is the lesson that Claire shared um, about Gothic tradition and that everything happens in threes. This was shared around page 111. So I think the three in this case, I mean, we have three POVs. So that's threes. And then also, I guess like Ella, Rick, and Simon, like as far as like dead body, dead body attack, um, I guess. So I just thought that was interesting too, because I never knew that. I never studied Gothic literature before, so I don't know that much about it, but I thought that was interesting to note. Moving on to the ending now, (laughs) it's time to really dig in here at the end. What did you think about the ending, the whodunit, and the explanation of why? Okay, because Gwen and I talk on a more regular basis, she asked me while I was in the middle of reading this if I had any theories. And so I forgot to mention that earlier about the theories. It was in the question with a bunch of questions. (laughs) Um, I believe right after Rick was murdered is when you messaged me. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. Um, I said, my theories are either one, an unreliable narrator, but I couldn't pick out which one I thought was, I was like, I feel like this is going to be an unreliable narrator between the three main point of views. Um, or two, Ty. Um, I was hoping the story would be one of the one of the three, um, my first option, um, because I love unreliable narrators. I thought Ty, because I'm going to be honest, because someone who's like 22 hanging around a 15 year old and not trying to be more intimate with, I mean, I don't see what the point is in that. Um, nor do I condone because I mean, that is a pretty big age gap. Um, and I don't think that's right, but whatever. Um, because, I mean, she's a minor, so let's be honest. 
Um, but also him bringing up their age a lot. I was like, what's the point of dating this girl if you're not going to fully date her? Um, then I read where Harbender asked Claire if anyone has had access to her diaries. And my thought immediately went to Ty because um, he was always there with Georgia. Um, hate that I guessed it on pretty early, but oh well. Um, also, I thought his reasoning was dumb and I didn't really care because I sort of knew all along it was him. I just didn't know why. <laughs> Aw, so I feel so bad. When you guessed it, I was like, oh. <laughs> um, I like the whodunit actually surprised me. Like I said, I never suspected him. Um, so when it was him, I was like, okay, let's go. But then the explanation was lame. Like on page 314, it is revealed that Ty is the killer. And Ty was actually dating Georgia, which the age gap was weird. But I felt like it was almost like Georgia kind of like, sticking it to her mom because like her parents were divorced and Claire was by herself. And I figured this was her like angsty teenage, like yeah. I'm going to do what I want stage, like type thing. And it's funny because Claire started kind of warming up to him during the story. Like at first she was like, ew, but then she started like warming up to him. But the explanation of why he was doing this, why he killed Ella, why he killed, uh, Rick and then why he went after Simon and then I'm just gonna go ahead and read it and so you can agree with me that this was super lame so it says I was living at the factory he said I was watching Claire I used to light candles at night and watch her I love her and then the detective asks, like, when did this start? And he says, I was working as a barman in Hythe. He said, Clara came to the hotel for a training course. I fell in love with her at first sight. So immediately I'm like, no, absolutely not. No. Like, Nothing else. You just love at first sight. And then so much so that you became obsessed with her and started killing people. Like, are you kidding me? No. Yeah. Um, I used the passkey to get into her room and read her diary. I decided there and then she needed protecting. <laughs> I just, I can't. I met Georgia in town. She was drunk. She's too wild for my liking. It must be a terrible worry for Claire. So I decided to become her boyfriend and look after her. And then a little bit later on page 318, it says like, so why did you kill Ella? She was upsetting Claire, Ty said Ty immediately, going on about sleeping with a married man, making Claire do all the work at school. Elle was nothing better than a whore. Rick wasn't any better. Claire said that she hated him in her diary, so I killed him too. I rang him and told him I knew something about Ella. He was shitting himself. <laughs> Thought I was going to tell his wife about him playing away. And then a little bit later, it says, what about Simon Newton? What about Georgia? You can't have thought Claire wanted them dead. Claire adores Georgia. Well, in this one, she says Georgie. Claire adores Georgie. She said she was happier before she met Simon, before Georgia was born, said Ty. Simon was always upsetting her, calling her a bad mother, going on about his new wife and children. Anyway, I needed to get rid of them both so Claire and I could start again. Ew, absolutely not. Just disgusting. So, okay. The the whole time. Well, hold on. What about my 
a dramatic reading. <laughs> Snaps for Gwen. Snaps for Gwen. I don't know if that's picking up or not. <laughs> but, okay, so you mean to tell me that because Ella was upsetting her, you're going to kill her, but you don't think you trying to get with Claire through your her daughter because you were dating her, like... <laughs> Like, make it make sense. Yeah, like like you said, absolutely not. Like, so stupid. Like, any other reason probably would have been better. But, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I was not a fan of that. Yeah, like, I was not a fan either. So, <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> what could have made it better? Or is there anything else that you want to touch on? Well, uh, this is not my new favorite um, <laughs> when it comes to Dark Academia, but I will say, I do think this is a good beginner for Dark mm -hmm. Academia, especially since there could be like a series. I'm not sure if it follows yeah. Academia vibes or not, um, but I do feel like I was reading kind of like in a reading slump while reading this because it did take me several days to get through. Um, so I'm not sure if it was the book's fault or my own, maybe a mixture of both. Even though her point of view was my favorite, I really wasn't a fan of detective point of views. Those are just not my favorite. Um, yeah, I also wish the story of The Stranger played a little bit more importance of the story. Um, but I mean, overall, it was just okay. Yeah, yeah. I think the pacing was unbalanced in the beginning. And I don't think you were reading it slowly because like you were in a slump. I think you were reading it slowly because it kind of reads slowly. Yes. And that's something that I think people forget if they don't read Gothic literature a lot. It does. It's mm -hmm. more vibes, you know? Yeah. Um, it does have trademark things. I really want to kind of look into it more, but every Gothic book that I've picked up, it does kind of like feel mm -hmm. slower paced. So... I was also the coming off a um, fast-paced thriller at that yeah. time, too. So, she was like, oh, this is a lot slower. So, Yeah. Um, in the beginning, things were flowing nicely. It was atmospheric and moody. And I was in no rush to figure anything out. I was, like, enjoying it. I was really... I was, I was along for the journey. But somewhere around the 60% mark, it sped up in this weird way... I can't really explain it, but it felt like the author was rushing all of a sudden, like they were on a deadline or as they were writing the book, they were unsure of the direction that they were going to take with it, like who done it or what was going to happen. But then once they figured out, they were like, okay, let me immediately write this instead of like plotting and pacing it like the rest of the story. And then like we have mentioned several times, I think the importance of the stranger story should have been a bit more clear to the reader because I didn't get it at all. And I don't think that the author just threw it in there for the sake of just throwing it in there, or at least I hope not, but that's what it felt like because I didn't get it, you know? So maybe they needed to be a little bit more heavy handed with that part of the book. Yeah. All right. So what's your final rating and how did you enjoy the book overall? Okay. So for me, this is three stars. Um, it was an okay read for me, but the vibes were the best. Honestly, the vibes probably saved this rating a little <laughs> bit more. Um, if the vibes were not present, it would probably be a two star, to be honest. Um, I just wish the plot and the mystery would have been, a, been better, you know, kind of been on par with the setting as well. Um, also, I'm horrible at guessing the who done it, And if I guess it, it's kind of obvious, but... But I didn't. <laughs> I, I, 
I'm, I'm as shocked as you. But also, <laughs> I knew after finding out what really happened, I knew me and you were going to have, like, a good time discussing the crazy of it all. So, three stars for me. I think it's a good beginner. I'm also going to give it three stars. Um, because the majority of the time, I was quite enjoying myself. But it sort of got messy at the end. And while the whodunit was shocking, like I said, the explanation, no sense. It made no sense. I feel like she just pulled that out of a hat. Like that was a writing trick or something, a writing prompt. Like she was like, I'm going to put all these ideas in this hat and whichever one I pull, I'm writing. That's what it felt like. Um, but while I was enjoying it, I wasn't really enjoying it. Like I never had five star feelings, but I definitely thought it was going to be like a four star read up until that 60th percent mark. So that wraps up our discussion of The Stranger Diaries by Ellie Griffiths. If you read this book and would like to share your thoughts with me, you can head over to my Instagram at Podcast and leave your rating and your review. I would love to see it. And of course, thank you so much for reading this with me and joining me tonight to sit down and talk about this book, Jesse. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I love coming back to the podcast and doing our book discussions. I feel like it's always a blast. Um, I can't wait to hear the episode when it's done, but I also can't wait to hear what others think of it as well. Talk Bookish to Me is a bi-weekly podcast bringing you book discussions, recommendations, and literary topics galore. Rate and review the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Be sure to tag me on Instagram at Talk Bookish Podcast and your listening selfies and stories. The link for Patreon is in the show notes along with Jesse's social media. Until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.